From iCare Partners, this is the Doc to Doc podcast. Clinical discussions with our team of world-class eye care professionals across the country. Through connectedness and continuing education, we help patients see their absolute best for life. Your host is Dr. Lori Preventure, a glaucoma specialist and cataract surgeon at the Cincinnati Eye Institute. For this episode of the Doc to Doc podcast, I have Dr. Albert Chung with me. He is a cornea specialist at the Virginia Eye Consultants. Welcome. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Give me a little background of your history with Eye Care Partners, and then we'll dive into our topic. So I've been at uh, Virginia Eye Consultants for almost five years now. Time flies. Um, I'm a cornea and cataract specialist there, and just really enjoying my time there. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming on. I wanted to tap into your cornea expertise, but also do something that's relevant for the vast majority of providers across eye care, and that is corneal issues for your cataract patients. Let's do a fun little David Letterman style countdown. I want you to give me your top three diagnoses that we should not miss when we're seeing cataract pre-op patients. That's a great topic. So in our cataract evaluations, sometimes we want to just hone in on the cataract and sometimes we blow by the cornea, but some of these subtle, sometimes they can be subtle, but these conditions can give us poor outcomes if we miss them. So top three, I would say most common, dry eyes, epithelial basement membrane dystrophy, and then Fuchs dystrophy. Great. Let's start with Fuchs. What are the implications if Fuchs is missed? Obviously, this might be mm -hmm. simple to some, but just give us an overview of what are the implications if we just jump right in and do cataract surgery on these people. So Fuchs, as you know, it's an endothelial dystrophy, so those cells don't work as well um, over time. And so with cataract surgery, if you have corneal edema to begin with, your measurements may be inaccurate, so you might have a poor ability to find the power that you want to get your uh, post-refractive outcome. And then your cataract surgery might actually make the Fuchs worse because they have less, less of a threshold. Are there any diagnostic tests you recommend if we see Fuchs you know, endothelial cell counts or just noting the GUTE? First, uh, for me, it's always you know, history and good physical examination, right? So I always ask my patients, once I either detect that they have Fuchs, I go back and I ask them, you know, do you have vision that's blurry in the morning that gets better in the first couple hours of the day? For the examination, as you were saying, so I'm looking for this for the GUTATA or GUTE centrally, seeing how much or how dense those are, and is there, uh, is there edema? And, and this is independent of the, the amount of gutata that they have. Uh, in terms of diagnostics, yeah, pachymetry is great, so is endothelial cell counts. What's actually more, probably more important, because you can see clinical edema, looking for that stromal thickening edema or decimates folds. Those patients, you will definitely need endothelial keratoplasty with cataract surgery if right. they have edema already. Uh, it's the ones that have that are sort of preclinical edema, right? Mm -hmm. um, those are the ones you don't want to miss. Sanjay Patel had a great study um, looking at patients with uneventful cataract surgery in Fuchs. They looked at certain parameters uh, based on shine flu imaging and found that if you had certain patterns on shine flu imaging, that you were more or less likely to have clinical edema or need surgery afterwards within the next four to five years. Interesting. Yeah. I want to come back to that, sort of when to consider a combined surgery. But let's go to number two for now. Yeah. EBMD, 
again, why, why is it important not to miss this diagnosis? And if you see it, what sort of modifications do you make? Sure. So, as you know, it's so a dystrophy, but now on the epithelial side, gives you wrinkles, that gives you irregular stigmatism, and it can throw off your measurements, give you inaccurate power for your lens. Are you treating it preoperatively? If it's central, and if there's negative staining uh, and changes on topography, especially when, with the placido disc, I think that's a great tool. If there's distortion of the Myers, yes, I have a low threshold to doing a superficial keratectomy because there's relatively low risk. And then, you know, skin, the epithelium grows back and you have a nice surface that can give you much better and more accurate measurements for your cataract surgery. Excellent. And then most of us are very familiar with dry eye. If you're not, then something, you're practicing in some other yeah. <laughs> place or planet. But what about dry eye implications there for us just for completeness sake? Sure. So as you mentioned, very common. And a lot of times it's asymptomatic. And, but I think there's studies showing that it's like 60 or 80% of patients that come in for cataract evaluations will have something with dryness. So the punctate staining can give you some irregular areas, inaccurate measurements. And then if you have uh, an unstable tear film from blink to blink, it can give you inconsistent measurements as well. When you're identifying that, are you usually pre-treating people and then bringing them back for another set of measurements, or how do you approach that? Yeah, so if I see that, I am giving them, usually, a, especially if there's lid disease, so you want to do a careful lid and corneal examination, warm compresses and, and some lid, lid scrub for spray. I love hypochlorous acid. And treating them with artificial tears, and then I actually have them use a low-potency dexamethasone for two weeks, have them come back, repeat the measurements, and also you take a look at them. If dryness is still not better, then you're going to go to more advanced treatments. Are you seeing changes on the lens calculations when you bring them back in? You can. Yeah, yeah you certainly can. You can be off, off by half a diopter or, or a whole diopter, and it's, it's, sometimes it's kind of surprising. Yeah, a little scary, right? Right, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you for that. So let's recap. We've got number one, Fuchs, number two, EBMD, number three, dry eye. Let's jump back to Fuchs for a second. You mentioned combined surgeries. When should we, non-cornea surgeons, be referring to the cornea surgeon to consider a combined case or as, as opposed to just proceeding with the cataract surgery? Yeah. And careful modifications intra-op, of course, to protect that endothelium. Sure, so if there is clinical edema that you're already seeing, or if they're telling you that they have a lot of symptoms like in the, in the morning and you think that there's edema, because sometimes it's tough to tell, okay. and so then, mm -hmm. then I would refer for a combined or staged procedure, depending on what, I guess, based on my evaluation. Right. And then if there are these signs, if you have shine, shine flu imaging, so they look at the pachymetry map and the way uh, that you should have these concentric progression from thin to thick, or if there is the thinnest point, if that's moved away from uh, the middle of, of, of where the pupil is, or if there's posterior depression. Mm -hmm. So they look for these subtle signs. If you have th all three of those, then at four to five years, studies have shown that you basically had a was it, 75 to 90% chance of needing a surgery anyways in the next mm -hmm. four to five years. I would probably consider that for, with, with endothelial keratoplasty. When you're in that gray zone, so if you have zero of those, of those three patterns, then you had almost zero chance of progression. So definitely just, just do the cataract surgery. Mm -hmm. If you have one to two, um, it was about 50%. So depending on, you, you could you consider cataract surgery. I think that's a discussion with you and the patient. And then if you are going to do cataract surgery, 
some tips that are A minus. So mm -hmm. endothelial keratoplasty, DMAC, less than DSEC, but they'll give you a hyperopic change. So if you could do me a favor and aim <laughs> like minus, uh, minus 0 0.5 or even uh, minus 0 0.75, that's helpful. Great, so somewhere in that range. That paper you're quoting is very helpful. We'll definitely add that citation in and maybe show some of those, those images, those topography images, for example. Yeah. That would be excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing those pearls. I think it's very helpful. It's often hard to know when to pull the trigger to refer. We don't wanna refer too early or refer too late, so it's a balance, and I think your tips are very helpful. So thank you for coming on. Oh, of course, thank you for having me. The opinions expressed by the physicians in this podcast are solely the personal opinions of the providers and do not represent iCare Partners policy.